Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guy Talking Sports. We've been away for a while, so we're back for the new year with new, brand new episodes on deck. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking about Major League Baseball, the standards with the Houston Astros will be meeting, and we also give our picks and predictions um, for this weekend's AFC and NFC Championship game. All that and always a little bit more on this week of Guy Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guy Talking Sports. This is me, E, aka Slim, aka Smooth, on the line with you, and I got my two boys with me, and we have been gone for a while. Um, holidays came and went, Christmas, New Year's, um, so we're in a brand new year now, brand new things to talk about, some old things to talk about. So guys, how was your Christmas and how was your New Year's? Really quick. Too short. <laughs> Bottom line, too short. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where else to begin. I'm just glad that this is a new year. So right. I'm ready to get started. Yes, mine's just good. You know, it was busy, exhausting, but needed the time. Batteries are recharged. So we're going to get right back into it. So um, as this year has began, obviously there's been some good stuff. Football is down to the AFC and NFC Championship games this weekend. Um, basketball is in the middle of his blah season, um, <laughs> pre, uh, pre all-star weekend, but then right out the blue comes baseball and we have a major scandal. So basically Houston Astros got caught stealing signs and stealing signs is nothing new as agent. You played baseball and you can attend to this. Um, Hey, if it's in a flow of the game and, uh, and um, pitcher and a catcher are tipping their hands and showing a you know showing their calls and you're up there and you kind of see it all's fair game. Um, but the Houston Astros were using videotape replay to kind of steal signs um, to get a competitive advantage in their home arenas, nonetheless. So Major League Baseball announced punishment for the Houston Astros, including a one-year suspension for the GM um, Jeff. Make sure I got the name right. Lunau and a manager, A.J. Hinch, loss of draft picks, the first and the second for 2020 and 2021, plus a $5 million fine. Now, obviously this wasn't it. Um, the manager, Alex Corr, for the um, Boston Red Sox, who was a part of that team during that time when they won the World Series, he himself got caught up there, and him and the Boston Red Sox have mutually agreed and I put air quotes since you can't see it, to part ways. Um, also, Carlos Beltran, the manager of the New York Mets, um, his name was up in there. And right now, there has been no word from the Mets as far as what they plan to do. Um, but guys, <laughs> baseball starting off the year and on a bad foot before anything got started. So what do you think about this latest scandal that has, you know, ripped the, end, ripped the major leagues? I'm going to defer to our resident baseball out <laughs> analyst, um, Ace, before I comment. So it's all yours, man. Uh, all right. Well, huh. the minute you started using cameras to, to catch stuff real time and then looking in the hallway down the dugout to your lounge to sit there and see what, sign, what signs are coming, 
to try to decode how things are being done and then using garbage cans or whatever to depict large sounds to help you get a competitive ang angle as far as how the game is going. Yeah. I don't think it's harsh enough because it's one thing if you got a walk or you got a single, you stole second, and now you're standing behind the pitcher and you can see down to the catcher and you're, you're, you're mentally capturing what the catcher is doing and trying to figure out what the pitcher is doing. Yeah, that's all well and good. Baseball has been going on for well over 100 years. You know, if you can figure that out because of your mind and you can share that with your team, then it's all good. The minute that you got to use video and all that good intricate sort of thing to kind of get your competitive ang uh, angle to help you defeat somebody, that's no different than the Chicago Black Sox back in, 19, in the early 1900s about everything that they tried to do. I think baseball, from my understanding, $5 million was the, was the total, the highest limit that they can go to find a club. Honestly, you know, I was listening to the radio today and I kind of agree what they were saying that you might as well just go ahead and strip that World Series from them too. Only because anytime somebody thinks about the 2017 Houston Astros World Series championship, they're not going to sit there and say, oh, they went through this team and that team to win the ship. They're going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, that was the team that used the video to, to record signs and give them a competitive angle to help them win the World Series. So maybe just vacate that whole World Series. I know the Yankees feel some sort of way because they went to uh, a game seven with them and lost. Um, I forget who the, the Astros played in that World Series. The Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. Uh, yes, the Dodgers feel some sort of way because I think they went seven games too, right? Um, I'm not sure about that, but... but Either way, they feel some sort of way, too, because they feel as though, you know, that's some sort of competitive uh, advantage that they had on top of them. I think they should just go ahead and vacate that. You may not be able to take the rings away from them because, you I mean, obviously they played the game. The game was played. They won it, but it wasn't fair. Um, and what I also heard that was kind of interesting is that the players received uh, animosity. Animosity. Uh, I think animosity is the right word. <laughs> Where they were granted, I'm sorry, immunity. Excuse me. They were granted immunity. <laughs> immunity. Gotcha. Yes. They were granted immunity so that they could tell the exact truth. So that they won't feel any wrath that comes down for, the, for Major League Baseball concerning this whole scandal. So they were told that if they told the truth, they'll go after the, the organization, they'll go after GMs, they'll go after coaches. But the players won't be touched. And that's why our players are just like, all right, in that case, then this is what's been going on. But I think in order for the players to feel it, they need to know that that's, that World Series has been vacated. I mean, obviously, they know they played it. They know that they won it. But it isn't officially recognized by Major League Baseball. And I think once they do that, then I think – I don't think it will make anybody feel better. But – you know, it at least at least it'll appease some people. And furthermore, when we talk about Carlos Beltran, I heard back during the twenty 
2018 season or 2019 season? 2018 season, as a matter of fact, when the Yankees railroaded the Red Sox in, in, in London, Alex Cora was the coach at the time, and he was talking about the greatest uh, pickup that the Yankees picked was Carlos Beltran because he was working the front office for the Yankees at the time. And nobody kind of understood what the heck they were talking about. But now, because Beltran is, like, in the forefront of this whole investigation, like, he was the true mastermind about how to make it uh, even more advanced and more technical than what they originally wanted it to be. It's like almost like Cora is trying to throw Beltran underneath the bus. And that's why the Mets are, like, in a quandary right now because this isn't a Mets issue. This is a Beltran ethics issue. And do we want to deal with Beltran and all of the mess that's going to come along with them, even though this has nothing to do with the Mets? So that's why they just gave him a job. <laughs> he hasn't done anything yet. He ain't got his free training. But the, he is in the forefront of that whole investigation. It was like he was the one that somebody brought it to the idea of, oh, we should record it. But he, he was the one that came up with the, the ideas of how to, to bring it to light, how to work in their favor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like that main dude. <laughs> And because of that, then everybody's sitting there saying, like, well, Beltran got to be the next one to go. And then Cora in 2018 trying to be a snitch, talking about, you know, well, the Yankees got him in 2018. So Major League Baseball turned around and said, that okay, look, the Yankees aren't being investigated because the Yankees ain't have no idea what the hell is going on at this time. <laughs> so I, I just think it's crazy, like, when the heat is on, somebody's quick to point the finger at somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to round it up, you know, honestly, I think the the, the penalties are harsh, but I think uh, wiping the slate clean and clearing the World Series off the books was probably the best thing they need me to do. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm, um, you was right. Um, it was both the Dodgers and um, the um, Yankees that both win seven games. Um, with the Astros in 2017. Um, but I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I, to be honest, like if Major League Baseball should at this stage, because let's be honest, players can argue that with the with the amount of cheating that's going on, like with PEDs and the drug cases and stuff like that, you know, of course they would, I mean, there's asterisks in players' names because of it. Um, who may not make it into the Hall of Fame because of things like that. Um, so I think that – I'm not saying it's a comparison with what happened here. I think that regardless of the fact, the Astros should be stripped of their title because of how they actually won the championship series to begin with. And I think that in order for Major League Baseball to set an example, a true example, to say that this won't be tolerated, um, that's something that they have to do. Whether they're going to do it, that's another story. But I really believe that – it's every right that they should. Um, I agree with you, Ace, in the fact that um, with with Beltran being a mastermind behind this, I mean, he took it to another level. Like, he literally took it like, okay, this is what you really need to do. Let's get so that we, you know, we're going to do this. We need to. He went with a master plan from beginning to end. It wasn't like, are we doing this on the fly? This is like on some spy level, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get some smoke signals so that you know, you know, we're going to do all these things that, you know, so that this is what we're telling you. So this was premeditated. 
like premeditated planning. So by all means, I get that the Mets, you know, has nothing to do with this. But I think that from an ethical standpoint, like you said, they need to get from under it, out of this. Um, because this is all going to be the talk, nothing but talk if Carlos Beltran is still, the, you know, still with the Mets. And if I'm the Mets, I'm like, you know, I get that we've just brought you in, but with all this going on, how can we keep you at this stage? You know, if we're going to start clean and know that we're going, you know, from a Mets organization, we got to do what we have to do to get from out of this because we don't need this type of heat in the beginning of the major league season that's up and coming. So I think that's what the Red Sox did. They was like, yo, you know, scratch this. We ain't got, there's nothing else to debate. Like you're gone, Alex. Right. Like it, it ain't even nothing to say at this matter. I think the Mets should follow suit. I mean, as much as, you know, you just brought him in, I think Beltran right now being the quote-unquote mastermind behind this, um, and of course everything's still pending, but to get from out of this news part of this altogether, I think that would be the best choice for the Mets organization. Now, whether they do it, don't know. Uh, yeah, I think eventually it will. I think they might be kind of waiting to see – what kind of punishment, if any, that the that the major league itself might bring down on Beltran? Um, I've been hearing some possible year suspensions for Alex Cora and the GM and and, and um, Houston's manager. I haven't heard anything, any rumors about Beltran yet, but I think the Mets are kind of. I haven't personally heard anything about the um, the Mets suspension I, yet. I kind of I kind of heard three to five years. Beltran. Well, and that might be exactly what the Mets are kind of doing. They're kind of waiting to see, you know, is it going to be a year? Is it going to be? But I agree, Al, with you. If they don't do anything, the season starts with Beltran as the manager, you know, it's it's going to be there, even though the Mets didn't do anything. Him being the manager is still going to have that air around the team. There's always going to be that question is, you know, is anything going on? Even though I don't think any of them going to do anything right now, but you're still going to have that constant questions about, you know, why do you still have him as the manager? Questions every day, peppering your team about Beltran, his involvement, what did he do, what did he know, what did he, you know, didn't do. You know, there's always going to be those constant questions. And, you know, in the New York media, he's going to get hit with that stuff every day in 181 games is a lot of games to be have to be answering that same exact question so i think eventually the mets will probably just cut ties with them um maybe there's some kind of contractual issues right now that they're trying to really parse through before they kind of cut bait to see how they can maybe get rid of them without being on the hook for anything or something but I'm pretty sure those discussions right now going on, they probably happened with the Red Sox who probably had a nice loophole in the Houston, you know, con conduct detriments to the team or whatever. But as far as the vacating the wins, once you – the title, I can see the argument. But once you start going down that road, then other people can start saying, well, if you're going to vacate the wins because they were cheating – why won't you vacate wins or vacate titles of people that might have been accused of using PEDs? That becomes an extremely slippery slope. Uh, I don't know if the major leagues really wants to go on that because if you vacate that, 
then you're going to reopen the whole PD, you know, you know, the PD case. And then it's going to be, well, if you're going to vacate their title, what about other people that won World Series that might have been accused of using, you know, you know, the clear or the cream or whatever. Um, they haven't vacated it to a certain degree. Some of the stuff that Sosa and, um, and Sosa and Bonds did, but but once you start taking stuff away, if you're going to do it for that, then you're going to have to start doing it for a whole bunch of other stuff. And I don't think the major league wants to go that route. I think they'll, I think they'll flirt about it, but at the end of the day, I don't think they do it because they get a lot of passes for a lot of things. I mean, major league, let's be, let's call it spade a spade. They're more gangs than everybody else. They do a lot of cheating. <laughs> for a lot of stuff. I mean, this is the same league that, you know, they'll they'll police themselves for those quote-unquote unwritten baseball rules. But when it comes to PEDs and this kind of stuff, ain't nobody saying shit. Well, let me ask this. Where would you rank this as far as the ultimate – ultimate? Well, we just talk of baseball. Where would you rank this type of uh, sport uh, – this type of scandal – with cheating versus PED versus what Pete Rose got banned for on gambling on the sport itself. Because, I mean, my man got banned for gambling. And it's not like his Cincinnati Reds teams were winning World Series or anything like that. They were winning, but they weren't parental winners and they weren't winning titles and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? And I can't say without a doubt that what the Astros did as far as their type of cheating was anything to help propel them to win a World Series. But it did. And of course, there's PEDs. And just because you take PEDs and you can recover quickly from injury doesn't mean that they can make you throw a strike any better or make it means that you get a curveball any farther. There's this certain specimens of, uh, of males or athletes, Barry Bonds and, and A-Rod and such, the, the, the upteenth of a percent that can sit there and excel when taking this sort of stuff to propel them to be godly type of athlete in that sport. So if you had to rank it from the least worst to the worst, from the gambling to the PEDs to this, how would you guys rank it? Uh, me personally, just how you just ranked it from the gambling um, would be first. No, from worst to first. It would be gambling, PEDs, and this. Like, it, this is just my opinion, but I just feel as though that, you know, with the PED situation, of course, it's one particular person that's affecting the whole entire game but with this happening on the stretch of the MLB playoffs and with the World Series like let's be honest like this changed the whole outcome of the actual World Series like in the playoffs um, which was more important because the team goal is to win the championship and with the individual stats, of course, I get it um, that they were trying to make milestones happen and their teams were winning, but they, it's not like the, the teams won the actual World Series with the people that used the PEDs. Like this particular performance in the World Series and in the Championship Series 
um, it affected a lot of, I mean, those teams that were remaining in for, for the championships, all viable candidates for the championships. And the outcome of it was that if it wasn't for the Astros doing this, who knows what the outcome would have been? Who knows who the champion would have been in 2017? So I think, and then, like I said, this is just my opinion. I, I would rank this farce as the first, no matter what, um, in regards to because the championship was affected by it. Now, about E, before you answer that question, I should have prefaced, and, and Al let you, I think you're going to stay pat with what you said, mm-hmm. but let's also preface that at the time, MLB wasn't testing, nor was it illegal for players to do any sort of PED or any clear or anything like that to help them with performance with the game. So I just wanted to say that this sort of, okay. I mean, now, of course, you had their policing and testing for it now. Yeah. But at the time, there was no type of policing or testing for that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. I do stand pat with what, still with what I say. So. Uh, well, for me, it ain't the first time cheating happened in Major League Baseball. So I am, the way that everybody's, you know, you know, getting all in their feelings. I'm looking at them like, really? <laughs> really? However, like Al said, the way that they used modern technology, and I got to give them some credit for that because that's some real, <laughs> that's some real smart, smart shit when you think about it. Um, being able to get the video camera right on the catcher and the pitcher, do instant replay, you know, go in the back, look at it and get real time. That's some re- <laughs> no award for the ingenuity to do that. <laughs> I never want to acting like they're all saints around his league, but trust me, I'm pretty sure that Carlos Beltran, the GM, uh, Alex Cora, they ain't the first per- people that thought about doing this. They, they just, they just mad. Yeah, they just mad. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. The people probably thinking like, why didn't I think of doing this? I'm, I'm sure some people have probably been kind of using variations or been kind of flirting around with it to get in a competitive advantage because in any major league sport, you're going to do it. Um, I think probably to come back, the way that they used it in the World Series or, you know, in the um, NOC Championship game, the way it's being used at that high level where you're at, you can only use it in your ballpark and the other team doesn't have that kind of competitive advantage. I think that's where it really gets that's bad, even though cheating goes on all the time. The gambling aspect of it, who cares? I mean, <laughs> Pete Rose wasn't the first and people still gambling on games. So to me, I thought that was just a low thing. The PEDs, I'm, I'm with you, um, Ace. No one was testing for it. When the major leagues knew that was out there, they turned the blind eye. They saw it with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. They saw how big Barry Bonds was getting. But because they just came off of a strike and, you know, revenue was down, sports viewership was down, just to bring everybody back to baseball, they turned the blind eye for the profit until they couldn't do it anymore. Until one person, just like in, just like with the guys that um, rolled on these other guys, until one person snitched because he was about to get caught out there. All it takes is one. To write everybody else out. If I'm going down, I'm bringing a whole sip with and me. Basically, <laughs> he went on and ratted just about everybody out, or at least ratted people out that led to everybody else getting caught out there, or at least the people that they were able to catch. 
So to me, I rank the PEDs severity almost with a gambler because major leagues turned the blind eye too. Are you okay with it? But you're not talking about the amphetamines issue that everybody was using, and that's and that's real. Oh yeah, throughout the seventies, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so you was you would rank it PEDs. No, no, I yeah, I would rank the videotape cheating in the World Series and NFC Championship games. I would rank the way that they use modern technology to do that as worse, but then everything else is like whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? And and of course, the MLB and the MLB Players Association will probably sit there, put their heads together, and try to figure out some way and some harsher punishment before the season starts to say, this is how things are going to roll if you get caught out there doing this again, you know? And then of course, it'll, it'll die down. But then who's to say that clubs won't use scouts and act like they're regular people and then have them sit behind home plate in the stands and have a super high power video camera because nobody's stopping play, uh, fans from bringing video cameras into the damn stadium. No. Recording games. You know what I'm saying? So who's to say that that won't happen? And then transfer shit, you know, and you know, and as far as baseball parks and stadium as a whole, regardless of the sport, everybody's trying to bring more immersive type of uh, atmosphere into stadiums with, with stronger Wi-Fi and ability to connect the internet. I mean, the sky's the limit as far as how things are going to progress moving forward. Yeah, so... Uh... I'm with you. If I'm Major League, you want to make it a point nobody else does it, but you don't want to really start banging on people because what happens if Cora and Beltran start talking about, well, you need to start looking at such and such clubhouse and such and such person because, trust me, I'm under the belief that they weren't the only people that was trying to do this this way. Right. Good. We'll see what happens, but we'll, as force goes on, we'll move along to this weekend. We have the AFC and the NFC Championship game. So uh, we know the players. We know in the AFC Championship game, I think they're the late game, I believe. Um, Saturday or Sunday? Um, they're both they're Sunday. Both Sunday. The NFC, no, the AFC is at 305. The NFC is at 640. <laughs> no, because no, they're, no, they're in San Fran. Yeah. They're in San Fran, that's why. Um, so you have the Titans against the Chiefs, and you have the 49ers against the um, um, the Packers. So, guys, uh, what are your predictions for both of these games? First of all, can I just sit there and give a moment of silence to, the, to the, all of the defeated fans here in Baltimore where – they just knew that their team was going to the Super Bowl. And Tennessee handled them like – I'm not going to say they handled them. I think the – They handled them. I think the coaching <laughs> – They handled them. Well, yeah, they handled them. But I think what they did was they abandoned their identity way too early into the game and reverted back to something that – isn't conducive for them for winning and which caused them to lose the game. That and them bragging, the team itself, not the coaches, but the team, bragging on how nice the defense is and how they're going to shut down uh, Derrick Henry 
And yeah, he just ran it down their throat for 190 and a touchdown and a passing touchdown like that. So I digress. But anyway, if I had to sit there and pick winners, um, the obvious choice would be Kansas City out of the AFC. And I know Aaron Rodgers is the, probably the GOAT of this Final Four of quarterbacks, but something about that 49er defense. And, you know, I'm a 49er fan, and I've been really non-committal to the Niners and their success all season. I can, I will sit there and gladly say that's how I've been. I have not been uh, – I'm not saying I haven't been supportive, but I've just been really just been taking that let me see what the hell happened next week type of attitude. And they went out there and handled business like they were supposed to last week, and they were supposed to win their game, and they took care of business. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a crafty, crafty quarterback, but their defense, uh, I think their defense will prevail. And I think Jimmy G and the offense will do enough to win the game. Now, by saying that, I preface this to say, though I think Kansas City should beat Tennessee, I do not believe, without the shadow of a doubt, that Tennessee and their coaching staff with Rabel, and all of them will put together some sort of scheme that will slow down Kansas City. Because Tyreek Hill is already coming out here saying we're the best offense, nobody can stop us. And that's all the bulletin board material that they need, that they're going to come in there and punch them jokers in the mouth just like they did Baltimore, and they ain't going to know how to handle it. Now, mind you, yes, Kansas City was down 24 nothing. They came back, scored seven straight touchdowns. But... Tennessee's defense, I swear, is underrated, undervalued, and underappreciated. <laughs> because I didn't think anybody in the AFC was decent enough to slow down Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. So with that being said, I'm picking Kansas City, but I would not be surprised if Tennessee wins. And um, are you picking the 49ers or? Yeah, I'm picking the 49ers. <laughs> okay. Uh, so ultimately, I'm saying 49ers, Kansas City. But it wouldn't shock me if it's 49ers, Tennessee. And it also wouldn't shock me if Green Bay pulls some sort of miracle and then it's Green Bay versus Tennessee. Uh, that's playing. So, <laughs> that's, playing. That's, that's playing all, all the averages. I know. I know. But, my, but what I'm going with is Kansas City, 40, uh, San Francisco is my two. All right. Um, I'm going to be real quick about this. Um, I agree with you. I, <laughs> it's funny. I, I am very leery of the Titans because um, I'm very also suspect about, it. even though um, the Chiefs defense has done its part for the most part, I'm still not sold on them completely to either carry it to the Super Bowl. I mean, not, I mean, to win the Super Bowl, not less even carry it in this game. So I, I agree. I won't be surprised if the Titans come and win this game. Um, I will say this about the 49ers, like, it's almost eerie of, like, rubbing it in the Patriots' face for letting go of Jimmy G. <laughs> it almost feels like it's, it's just destined for San Francisco to win so that it comes some way, shape, or form back to the New England Patriots for not being there and having the fact that they had Jimmy G there with them and they immediately traded him away. It almost seems like it's destined for Jimmy G to win a championship to show that he can win 
without being a part of the New England Patriots. Um, so with that being said, I have a theory that I, I, I'm going to run with San Francisco on this. Um, I really believe that they're going to, if they make it to the Super Bowl, it's just, I think that they're going to win it all. Um, but I know that's, I mean, I'm not a San Francisco 49ers fan, so I could see this with the, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that I just feel as though that there's a destin, destiny type of atmosphere with San Francisco right now. Uh, especially with Jimmy G behind. I'm not saying I put my faith and trust in him. I'm just saying there's something eerie about that. Um, so I believe that whoever comes out between the Titans and the Chiefs is going to eventually fall to the 49ers if they make it to the Super Bowl. And that's if they make it to the Super Bowl. Because um, Aaron Rodgers is still a bad man, as Stephen A. would say. So I, I won't put it surprise them. I think these two games is going to be very good. Um, and it's going to be very close. I don't see no one particularly running away with um, so um, I'm going to go with the Titans on this one. Um, I'm going to pick them for the upset, uh, but I still believe 49ers is going to make it to the Super Bowl as well. So I'm going to pick 49ers and Titans in the Super Bowl. Ooh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I do think the Titans have a, a, a very good shot. I've been hearing some of the sports commentators say that they don't have no chance. I'm like, you being very dismissive and disrespectful of the Tennessee Titans. Um, I agree with you, Ace. They, they put it on there. I think with the Ravens, just to, just real quick, they lost their identity because their, their running back was not 100% and their tight ends got hurt really early. So when they got behind, there was no way for them to even play to their game because their tight ends, the major weapons, weren't even there. And then they just – drop back on zone and dared in the throw and that wasn't the game plan. So, yep. um, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I see Kansas city pulls that one out. Um, San Francisco 49ers. I think, <sighs> I think this is going to be the year that Aaron Rodgers makes it back to the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Packers. For and I'm not even calling the upset. I'm going for the Packers for the the upset home victory over the 49ers. I think the 49ers are good. I think that it's going to be close, and I think that Aaron Rodgers, once he gets cooking and going, once he gets into a good rhythm, you know, and that and and that defense, that defense comes and plays really, really well, like they were playing beginning of the season. The Packers, that is. I trust Ann Rogers a little bit more than I trust Jimmy G. Right. So I'm going with Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that way the NFL gods will be happy and they can mark <laughs> it up, you know, Rogers against, you know, you know, Mahomes in the Super Bowl and everybody eat that one up. Yeah, from a market from a market standpoint, I could they would that's, love that. That's the exact outcome they would want. Actually, they would, love they, would that. they would want Patrick Mahomes against either the 49ers or the Packers, but they would prefer Mahomes Rodgers in the Super Bowl. And real quick, if you had to rank the four quarterbacks um, left standing in this playoffs, uh, four being the worst to the to the first, obviously number one be the best. How would you rank them? Ryan Tannehill playing very well, but he's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he may average 15 passes a game. 
he's playing very well in the box, and you got Derrick Henry, so he don't have to win the game. That's right. It's more he just have to manage the game. That's really what the bottom line is. As long as he managed the game correctly, he's, they have a shot. All right, so I, real quickly, four through one, who would it be? Tannehill four, Jimmy three. Pat, hmm. I will go Mahomes two and Rogers one. Uh, to be to be honest, I agree with that. I would have to. I would agree for four and three. I would flip flop. Uh, Rodgers two and Mahomes one because if you if you had to take the quarterback as is right now, as is right yeah. now, yeah. <sighs> but then also, I guess you know we could talk about this another day. But, but Rodgers got that championship pedigree. True. At this stage, it's something about that man when he when he gets rolling, he does some. Um, uh, do you think Mahomes is in a system, or do you think Mahomes will flourish in any system? System. System. All right. So that would – okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we're coming up on our time. Um, but real quick, we know uh, we've got to give props to LSU for beating Clemson in the championship game on um, on Monday. Um, LSU Tigers. Jumpers cash. You're going to fuck huh? them up and put them in the NCAA uh, sanctions. <laughs> no, Odell giving them cash. <laughs> hey, look. It ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't on the Giants anymore, so they ain't got to worry about that kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, yes, the guy have to get props to LSU, Joe Burrows. I mean, he all but, you know, penciled his name on the first card for the, um, you know, for the first pick in the NFL draft. His um, prize for winning the Heisman and for winning the BCS championship game is to get is to go to Cincinnati and be with the Bengals. So, <laughs> if I was him, I would ask if all the LSU um, receivers could come with him. Because I think he has better players in LSU than he might have with oh, Cincinnati right now. Oh, hold on. A.J. Green is no slouch. Outside of that? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Eifert is no slouch at tight end. Like I said. And they got, got Joe Mixon. There's like said, there. They have, they have, to me, I think they have a little more better weapons at LSU right now. But, <laughs> but um, let's give props to him. Um LSU. And also, real quick, we want to um, hopefully this new CBA goes through with the um, WNBA, um, where they're all going to get um, receive six figure salaries, um, paid maternity leave. And I'm just, you know, saying by memory, I think paid maternity leave, they'll be guaranteed that during that maternity leave that they will get their six figure salaries and a couple of other things. But, you know, hopefully, if the CBA gets ratified and it's effective, it'll make the WNBA. Um, as far as salary-wise, much more attractive. Not in line with the guys yet. I don't know if it's going to get to that point anytime in the near future. Hopefully it will. But kudos to the Women's League for, you know, being able to get their salaries up because they've been really roughing it for the last couple of years as far as, you know, hotel stays, you know, flying commercial flights, getting stuck in airports, no private jets like the, like the, um, the males do, and no million-dollar really $3 million base salary for some guys. But I just want to say congratulations to the WNBA Women's League. And, you know, hopefully this is going to just lead to more bigger and better lucrative opportunities for the ladies that are playing now and the ones that are going to be coming up over the next few years. Mm, I agree. I agree. And if we can keep some of the better players home, keep them home, even though the, the pay is better in Europe and, 
and Asia and all the other countries overseas. You know, you got the NBA back and there's, there's plenty of funding. Let's try to keep them home and hell, try to get some of the play, better players from overseas to come over to this league, market it more. You know, that's what's going on with the NBA right now. Why not try it with the, with, uh, with the women's league as well? And to be honest, I think that that's more of whoever the commissioner is. Um, I think they really need to step that up as far as the markability is concerned because, like, I agree with you. All things considered, like, it's good that this is a good step for them, um, but they definitely need – I mean, let's be honest. There's so many um, – there's so many people out there that are fans of the WNBA. It's not even funny. So they need to take advantage of it while they can. And this is a great step for them. Okay. Totally agree. All right, guys. So that's it. So let everybody know where they can find you as always. Well, you can find me at Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me looking for a new head coaching position in the NFL amongst all these other NFL coaches. But on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Yes, that is a topic we didn't get into tonight. But damn it, we're going to get into that topic. Because <laughs> I have my thoughts about that whole entire process. But you can find me. Snapchat, Twitter, Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram at J.E. Ross, number seven. And as always, we want to say this is a brand new year. Happy late new year to everybody. Um, stay warm out there. <laughs> and we'll be seeing you next time. God bless. High five.